0: All right, here we go. Another Anabolic Academy, only on serious and still in this bodybuilding. You should like and subscribe and share because I'm giving you great content. Once a week, we do the Anabolic Academy. People send me questions, and I spew out the answers. So we're just going to get right into it. We only have five questions. We have four from Instagram and one from a friend of mine at the gym. So let's see. Instagram questions. First, first question, Fran is the man. Worst Mr. Olympia champ. In my opinion, the worst Mr. Olympia champ was the 1981 Franco Colombo. He was really off. He had bitch tits. He had uh, no separation in his legs because uh, he had an injury from doing the world's strongest man. Um, clearly, you could see that was a gift. I believe the rumors circulating was that Arnold and Weider were in cahoots together, and they gave him that because they were you know, very close. Um, there was a lot of new blood coming up like Danny Padilla uh, and they actually gave it to Franco, which uh, probably he probably didn't deserve. Uh, if you go back and look at the 1981 Franco Colombo picks as compared to his, you know, mid seventies, big difference, big beta for the mid seventies, Franco Colombo was almost untouchable for under 200 pounds. All right. Next question Fran is the man on Instagram great question Fran what ethnicity what ethnicity has the best and worst genetics for bodybuilding all right best genetics for bodybuilding in my opinion's got to be Middle East arabic Iran um Iranian especially any it seems to be any country that was like a warring country if that makes sense, where they prided themselves on having physically strong uh, soldiers in the past, like, you know, during the middle, middle, middle ages. So, you know, Iran, there were Persians and they were very, 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 very passionate about their warriors, um, you know, uh, Eastern Europe, same kind of thing. Um, you have a lot of strongmen that come from, you know, the uh, the Nordics, right? And that's where the you know, Vikings are from, so on and so forth. But as far as bodybuilding, Arabic countries, Iran, Iraq, uh, maybe Egypt, so on and so forth. Also, um, African-American. We're close to number two. Um, I mean, let's face it, you know, they they were bred from slavery to be the biggest and strongest slaves possible. And you can see that now in their athletics. I mean, they dominate any sport they go into basketball, football, baseball at one point, but now baseball is mostly dominated by Hispanics. Um, Bodybuilding. And they have been just great, great African-American bodybuilders and uh, just their genetics is just, you know, it's like freaky, freaky, scary, genetics I and mean, you look at guys like ronnie coleman and kevin levrone and sean ray and you go down the list and dexter jackson and phil heath and rodin i mean it's just uh, unbelievable as far as the worst all right so we have to exclude the countries that like you know are malnourished like north korea obviously they're not going to be good bodybuilders right <laughs> but i would say any country where genetically they are small in nature like you know mexican ecuadorian certain parts of asia Philippines, you know, anywhere, anywhere that, where the, where the genetics are small in stature, right? That's probably would be not suited for bodybuilding. Okay. So next, 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 next question, Matt Balatala, Instagram, how to cut body fat and maintain muscle and possibly build some. Okay. This is a very popular question. People always want to know the answer. Okay, the first thing, honestly, it's consistency. Okay, you can't, this is not a sprint. Bodybuilding is, you're in it for the long haul. So once you start cleaning up your diet and taking in nutrition as opposed to garbage food and then training right and putting the intensity into the muscle. You see, what a lot of people don't um, understand is like there's a difference between people that go to the gym And then people that are intense that go to the gym. So, you you know, once your nutrition is right and you're eating five, six, seven times a day and you're getting the proper nutrition, that's going to feed the muscle. But the muscle has to be broken down. So you need to get the form right and train intensely. Because when you train intensely, it breaks down the muscle, but it also probably... Not probably it definitely burns a hell of a lot more calories when you train intensely as a bodybuilder than cardio. Cardio is just like kind of like an added calorie burner. But when you go into the gym and you're doing back, let's say, and you have the correct form and intensity for deadlifting and one-arm rows and bent over rows and pull-ups and lat pull downs and you know hyperextensions. And I mean, you do that right. It is, you are really killing the muscle. And you are burning a lot of calories and you are increasing your metabolism. And then you go home and feed the muscle so that it grows, right? So it's the combination of both, okay? It's the getting the form right down first, getting the nutrition down right, and then creating an intense workout at the gym that is – targeted for muscle building then you will have the you will have the best of both worlds your metabolism will be running full speed and you will be able to put on muscle as long as you have the amount of nutrition now everybody's a little different right now if you're you know if you're a guy that puts on body fat easy then you know you might have to pull back on carbohydrates a little bit and and maybe certain certain fats but you know and you know but still get that nutrition in. If you're a guy that's very thin, uh, you know naturally and it's difficult for you to gain weight, then you're gonna have to eat even more. you know? You're gonna have to eat more on top of the five, six, seven meals a day. You're gonna have to get that nutrition in. That's the only only way to do it. But what you're gonna do is through time with your own body, you'll figure out how it goes. and then when you hit a glass ceiling, you will inevitably learn more ask people who know more, research stuff online, on YouTube, on Google, and so on and so forth. But that is the key. The key is the nutrition is key. Feeding the muscle, intense workouts with proper form, targeting bodybuilding movements, right? And then combining those two, then you're on your way. All right, next question from Fron is the man. Uh, Is roid rage a real thing or a myth? All right, I think roid rage is greatly exaggerated. Now, theoretically, well, not theoretically, okay? I'm not a chemist, but if you're taking more testosterone, you're obviously going to be more aggressive. But I've never seen somebody just snap and freak out like a lunatic just because he was taking testosterone, I've never seen that. I've seen people be irritable from um, a pre-contest diet. I've seen people be irritable from using pre-contest drugs like um, trenbolone or allotestin. I've seen that, but you know, if you're thinking of that after-school special with Ben Affleck. Which happened like I think they they, it was like the early 90s or something like that, where you start in about a high school football player that was using steroids and you know he was freaking out and broke his own arm in the living room. I mean, that's just ridiculous. I've never seen that, never ever seen that. You know, I've seen I've seen assholes on steroids just become bigger assholes. Um, but I think it's greatly exaggerated. I've never seen somebody just bug out because he was using testosterone and just one little thing, you know, triggers him and he just uh, bugs out, you know, usually, usually the aggression from testosterone is usually a good thing to think about when you're young and your testosterone is very high, right? Your sex drive is high. You'll have more energy. You want to, uh, you know, you want to hit hard in the gym. Uh, you probably work harder at work. If you have a physical, a physical job, or you probably have a little bit more of the get up and go. If you don't have a physical job, if you have maybe a, a sales job or something like that, something to that effect. I mean, this is why people you know, go on TRT is because I, if you get to a certain age, your testosterone level drops and you want to maintain a normal test level. So you go on TRT, but as far as this over the top, you know, if it wasn't for steroids, I wouldn't have broke that guy's back. And I, I, I no, I don't believe that for a second. All right, let's see. Do we have any other questions on Instagram? I Let's see, let's see, let's see. Let's see, let's see before I move on to the next one. Did we get everything? We got everything. Okay. So today, uh, the only question I have is a friend of mine at the gym wanted to know about growth hormone, how to use it, what to do, so on and so forth. So I figured this would be a perfect scenario for A question for uh, anabolic academy. So of course I was talking to him about it. And all right, here's the thing with uh, growth hormone. Okay. Growth hormone. First thing you have to know is it's expensive and you have to be patient. It is not like taking a normal steroid cycle where in three to four weeks, it hits you like a ton of bricks and you see incredible differences overnight. Okay. It's not like that. It takes a lot of time. And what happens is you're taking it for three, four, five months straight, and then you look in the mirror and you go, wow, I really look a lot different. It's not something sudden. And then what happens is you kind of continue because you have to stay on for a long period of time and stay straight on. You can't really come off of it. It doesn't do any good for staying on for three months and then come off and then going back on doesn't do any good. This is something that you stay on. Okay. And then as you stay on, your muscles get rounder, you get more vascular, you get harder. And then that plus whatever steroid cycle you're using, just it's like, I mean, the best analogy about GH was like putting gasoline on the fire. Dave Plumber uses that analogy, and I, I couldn't agree more. Right. So what happens is, okay, so it basically comes, you can get it a pharmaceutical grade or you can get a generic version. Now, supposedly, it's supposed to be all the same. It's supposed to be, 19, 191 AA amino acids I believe that's the phrase or that's the that's the breakdown of so much open again correct me if I'm wrong I'm going off the top of my head supposedly it is the same whether it is generic or whether it is pharmaceutical right some people have argued so on and so forth my personal opinion is I have not seen a difference between either or I've tried both um so I, I didn't see, I have not seen a difference with either or some people say they have everybody's a little bit different. Just my opinion that the generic stuff is just as good as the, as the pharmaceutical grade, but don't crucify me. If somebody disagrees with me, it might be just how their body reacts. Okay. It usually comes in a kit and you have 10 vials. And then you have to get the bacteriostatic water. And then you have to add the water to the vial and refrigerate it immediately. You keep it in the refrigerator and you always keep it in a refrigerator. And then you kind of, I, this is how I was taught. I was taught to slowly increase it. So the first kit will last you about six to seven weeks, because you're going to do like one unit a day. And then the next week you go up to two, and then the next week you're up to three, and you go to the next week at four. And then you stay at four. There's no reason to go more than four units of growth a day. Now, supposedly you can go higher if it works well with insulin, but now you're getting to the point where that is out of my expertise. I've never used insulin. I've never researched it. I have no idea how it works with growth hormone. That's something they have to talk to Milo Sarshev of or, or um or uh Danny Broadhurst, the guy I used to have on all the time because he studies on the Milos or Dave Palumbo or even Jason Odds would probably, you know, King Kamali, you know, these guys. Those guys are light years ahead of me, right? So it would be four units. And then uh, one of the biggest side effects that you know that it's real is deep deep sleeps the first week or two it is a deep sleep you know almost to the point where you kind of can't wake up it's like oh god here we go and then as soon as you sit down to relax you're falling asleep and then you know that that it's it's real okay don't ask me why i don't have no idea why that happens i have no clue but basically, that's how it works. And some people say put it in your your when you use an insulin syringe. Some people say put it in your your waist, your stomach. That's the most, that is the most um, common place to put it in your stomach, just like somebody's using insulin, right? Um, some people prefer an insulin syringe right in the shoulder. That's how I prefer it. I prefer it that way. But everybody, everybody's preference is a little different. Okay, that's basically growth hormone in a nutshell, right? Um, here's a tip about growth hormone that I didn't know and learned a little bit too late. Um, When you use the bacteriostatic water and then you add it to the solution, the growth hormone solution, you don't want to just spray the water straight in. Supposedly it kills the uh, growth hormone. I don't know how true this is. I don't know. This is what I was taught. So you put the the regular insulin, I'm sorry, you put the regular syringe into the growth hormone vial. You kind of bend it to the side and then you slowly push the water in so it leaks from the side into the growth hormone solution and then once it's done you put it in the refrigerator now quality growth hormone will dissolve immediately right stuff that is from my experience stuff the cheaper stuff that's cheaply made it gets clumpy and takes time now i don't know if that's you know if that's a good thing or a bad thing that's just my from my experience i don't know if there's a difference in the quality but i know that the I don't know if there's a difference rather in the reaction to what what you're going to get as far as results. But I know that um, from my experience, good growth hormone, once you add the bacteria water, it dissolves relatively immediately. And then you put it in a refrigerator and then you take it, you know, if you're doing one unit, you take it once in the morning, And then the next week, you take it once in the morning, once at night. And then the following week, you take, you know, three units. You want to do one and a half in the morning, one and a half at night. Then you move up to four, two in the morning, two at night, so on and so forth. Now, there's another tip. We say two, we say one, we say two, we say three. On an insulin syringe, it really means 10, 20, 30, 40. So when I say one on the insulin syringe, it actually really means 10. Okay. So you look at the insulin syringe, it says, oh, 10. Okay, that's one. So um, two would be 20. So at most, you're doing 20 twice a day, if that makes sense. Hope that clears things up, my friend from the gym. And I hope I answered everybody's questions greatly. I am going to have some awesome content coming up. Going to have more guests, more interviews, more breakdowns, where I'm going to be doing more, more collaborations with. Mark's Max Muscle and EP09. Those guys are great. I sent uh, I sent uh, Jensen from Kenson. Sorry. Kenson from EP09. His uh, goat shirt. You should be receiving it soon. Had to fucking ship it to Canada because I'm in Jersey. It's $40 to ship it. Son of a bitch. I better win the next one. <laughs> All right, fellas and ladies. Have a good evening. Later.